0: Hi, everybody. This is Ben, and this is Ben's Week in Medical School, sharing knowledge about the human body and glimpses into life in medical school. This podcast is for your entertainment and education. I do my best to present accurate information, but this podcast is not professional medical advice. The podcast is a personal project and does not represent the views of my medical school. It's episode 27, and I'm just finishing week 30 of medical school. This week, the Arctic winter finally relented. The temperature went above freezing. and When it hit like 35 or 38, it felt like springtime to me because it's been so cold over here. A lot's been happening with um, some meetings. I also wanna talk about why screws get tighter when you screw them toward the right clockwise and also talking about how bones heal and change over time. And then finish up with some talking about reflexes, which is probably the coolest topic of the week. There are two directions that you can rotate your forearm. You can rotate it uh, if you if you just bend your if you're standing up, you bend your arm at the elbow. So your hand is kind of outstretched and it's just facing forward. You can either rotate your palm up toward the ceiling or down toward the floor without moving any other part of your arm. When you rotate it, your palm up toward the ceiling, that's called supination. And when you rotate your palm down so that it faces the floor, that's called um, pronation. There's only two muscles in your arm that actually work to rotate your arm in that counter, your right arm, in that counterclockwise direction. Whereas when you go to supinate your arm, rotate your palm clockwise up so that it faces the ceiling you're using many more muscles and bigger muscles supination includes your bicep so if you feel your arm your bicep actually tightens when you rotate your arm cl- your right arm clockwise that's important because you actually have a lot more mechanical advantage when you're when you're rotating your arm clockwise which is why when when screws are manufactured they get tighter in a clockwise direction because people have more power from their right arms in the clockwise direction. So if more of us were lefties, we would probably have all of our screws created with the threads going in the other direction so that lefties would have more mechanical advantage when they're tightening. On the plus side, I mentioned to one of our orthopedic surgeons that when we were doing a simulation that I'm left-handed, they weren't phased by it at all. And they said, just do anything that you would normally do with your left hand with your left hand and figure out how to do it the best you can. And so that's good. It seems like it's not a, um, a completely shut door to go into something that involves procedures just because I'm a lefty. I met with a palliative care physician. I was talking with him about possibly doing some research with him. One of the things that we talked about was virtual reality for symptom. Palliation using virtual reality headsets to either distract people from their symptoms of maybe nausea or pain, um, using that instead of some pharmacological interventions. It's something that we're both interested in, and this this physician has actually published a paper about it, just to show that it was possible and that people tolerated the VR headsets well. I'm not sure that we're going to pursue it right now, but. It's definitely something I'm interested in continuing to think about. I love that with virtual reality, you could potentially get it out to a lot of people without very much cost. And since it's not a pharmacological intervention, there might not be that much risk. You'd have to evaluate whether it's risky. You know, people could decide to start walking around and then they could run into furniture because they're wearing their VR headset. But once you did understand the risks, I think it could be really effective. And I I just like the idea of thinking of ways that are kind of outside the box to manage symptoms for people who are in palliative care. So a couple quick tidbits about bones. The biggest one is that we think of bones as being sort of permanent, actually five to 7% of the entire mass of your bones in your body is recycled every week. And every bit of bone in your body, well, we kind of have softer bone and we have harder bone. The softer bone gets recycled every three to four years, all of it, meaning that it gets degraded and the calcium goes into your bloodstream. Maybe it gets urinated out or maybe gets used by muscles. And then new calcium from your diet gets reabsorbed into bone. So the entire bone is broken down and put back together every three to four years. And it happens all the time. It's an ongoing thing. It's not like you have one weekend where your body just turns all your bones to jello and then you have to lay in bed um, and then reconstitutes them by Monday. It's a pretty amazing system that's happening. And one of the things that's cool about that is that if there's repeated stresses on your body... Your bones actually can adapt and make the bones in that area stronger. That's one of the reasons why it's very difficult on your body to go into outer space for a long period of time. All that time without stress on your bones is a signal to your body that your bones don't need to be as strong anymore, and they start to get a lot weaker. This week, I had a really serendipitous encounter with one of our librarians at school. I was just upstairs And I was using the stapler and I saw our head librarian and got to talking and I got a 45 minute long crash course in academic medical publishing. That was just such a serendipitous moment. I got to kind of ask a ton of questions and I feel like that's the sort of thing that you miss when you're not in person. And we've been online so much. I have a feeling that both of us were just really happy to actually get to talk with another person about some interesting stuff. The last topic that I wanted to talk about is reflexes. Reflexes are so cool because these are when nerves that sense things like pain or heat or cold, those nerves can actually shortcut and skip sending the information all the way back to your brain and they can send it immediately back to muscles to cause some action. So why do we need these reflexes? Why do we have to short circuit the brain? It's all about speed and protecting the body. So we've developed these reflexes because if you suddenly have a pain sensation, the safest thing is to pull your arm away. If you don't have to send the signal all the way up to your brain and back, if it can just get sent from your hand to your spinal cord and then back out to your arm to cause that re- withdrawal reflex, then you're going to get your hand out of danger quicker. So how fast do these signals move? Well, the fastest nerve impulses can travel 120 meters in a second, but not all of the nerves travel allow information to travel at that speed. Some only allow information to travel maybe a foot a second. That's a huge difference, and that's part of the reason why there's different architecture that lets these reflexes happen super quickly. Very simple responses, but very effective at keeping us safe. Okay, that's it for today. We talked about why left-handed people should switch over to making all of the construction equipment, talked about how 7% of your bone mass is recycled every week, and how cool reflexes are. If you have any questions, please email me at b-r-o-o-t at fastmail.com. And thanks to David Funkhauser for our intro and outro music. Have a great week.